for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. So we give y'all real, real new <laughs> I've been lying for so long. I've been lying for so long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably a porno, pornoologist. We cannot continue to deny women or minorities access to a system that has everything but their input. You are now listening to the reality. Now listening to the reality is. I got a story about this one, Jay. I'm gonna sing it to her. What up? What up? What up? <laughs> What's good, man? This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. You're now listening to episode 95. As a lot has transpired since I've done uh, the last podcast, Solo Dolo. Um, I dropped one on Monday with poet and Arthur Kayla Fay. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And we all know there's been a lot of emotion shown and a lot of things have been said this week in reference to Donald Trump becoming our 45th president of the United States. Some people created memes. Others called him names. Some people didn't even show up to the inauguration. <laughs> if you tell by the pictures, a lot of people didn't show up for the inauguration. When asked about it, you know, like, are you going to watch the inauguration? What are your thoughts on the inauguration? What are you going to be doing inauguration day? You heard people say shit like I'm chilling. Fuck Trump. He ain't my president. But the best thing that I heard someone say was uh, about Trump or what they were going to be doing about the inauguration day or on inauguration day was from Dan Savage, the host of the highly acclaimed podcast on iTunes, the Savage podcast. And this is what he had to say. What are you doing on inauguration day? I am going to be getting high, listening to musicals and sucking a dick. Those are my plans on inauguration day. I don't know about yours, but I'm going to have a media blackout. (laughs) I ain't sucking no dick, but I could get with everything he said. Mine is sucking the dick. Just add pleasure in a woman getting some head or something like that. And me and Dan Savage have the same exact mindset or had the same exact mindset about the inauguration and what we planned on doing that day. On this episode of The Reality Is, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on the inauguration and why I don't give a shit about Trump being in office and how the shit really doesn't bother me. We're also going to talk about Doug Adler, the tennis analyst for ESPN, and his gorilla reference to Venus Williams this past weekend. And we'll listen to some of the listener responses to previous podcast questions and more. We'll be right back. And again, you're listening to episode 95 of The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. So if you've been paying any kind of attention to social media, if you've been listening or watching any of the videos online, you know everybody has something to say about Trump being in office. People are not happy about it. First thing I want to say is we have to give him a chance. People keep saying just give him a chance like we actually have a choice. We don't have a choice. He is the president of the U.S. of A. right now. And we can't do shit about it. Do we like it? 
It seems that most of us don't, but what the hell can you actually do about it if he's not impeached by the government? Uh, the Electoral College, I feel like, is the reason why he's in there. You got a lot of people saying, oh, you should have voted, or if you didn't vote, and, and it's so much divisiveness. You got people who voted who talking down or talking shit to the people who didn't vote. People have a right to vote, especially with black people. Black people walking around saying, if you didn't vote, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear the thoughts. No, you shut the fuck up. I'm not saying whether I voted or not or who I voted for, but shut the fuck up. You don't get to dictate what somebody says because they chose not to vote. If they didn't want to vote for fucking Trump, they had the right not to. If they didn't want to vote for lying-ass Hillary, they had the right not to. You shut your black ass, white ass, yellow ass, green ass up and let people live their damn lives. You don't run everything. You dictate your circle and what you do. Don't worry about what everybody else do. I'm personally not bothered by Trump being in office because personally, I still got to get up in the damn morning, plan my day, get out and work and make a living for myself. To those people who are seemingly distraught about the situation, continue doing what you're doing, whether it be protesting, voting, marching, just do it with the cause and be intentional about it so there's some kind of progress and or change for that particular issue that you're fighting for. I got the opportunity to watch Obama. If I've never watched so much politics or a politician or a president or a senator speak so much in my life, Barry is one of the motherfuckers I listen to. I listen because his speeches are well written. It covers a lot of topics and ground. And he doesn't just speak to black people, which a lot of black people seemingly have an issue with. But Barry's job was not to take care of fucking black people. It was to take care of the American people. And I think he did a good job at that, even though he didn't get a lot of credit for it. So Obama said it best in his last speech when he's talking to the people before he left office. Now I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit because I was too lazy to look the shit up. I've already done a lot of research for this podcast, but I know he says something to this effect. As well as we want someone to listen to us, we need to listen to other people. We have to learn to listen and put ourselves in each other's uh, position or each other's shoes to see why we feel the way we do. The middle-aged white man who's not familiar with technology or owns a form, now that, our, that things are becoming more industrialized or outsourced, he feels that he has no place in society. He feels left out. When I heard Barry talk about that, I looked at it as, personally, I felt like he was talking to black people. Black people, we have this... Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but we have this, we have, we end up doing this thing a lot of times where we point the finger or we play the, the blame game. Or to me, honestly, I feel like we take advantage of what our ancestors went through. Like somebody owes us something. I've heard a lot of black people be like, Barry didn't do nothing for the black people. But like he said, it ain't just about one culture. We got a lot of black people, including myself. I've been on that side of the ball before I educated myself on certain things where I feel like everything that, you know, that's happening to black people, of course, it's a societal issue or it's a systemic oppression or a systematic oppression that's being used or has been used to get, to, you know, to, to keep certain cultures and ethnicities in a certain box. But we're not the only ones who are struggling out here. Like he said, there are farmers who have farms that now that things are becoming big, booming businesses and industrialized, that they're losing their jobs and they don't know how to, to work a computer. They don't know how to create an app. They're not an engineer. They're not in broadcasting. They didn't go to college, so they're struggling too. And if they have an issue with a certain person or they voice their opinion, some people don't know how to voice their frustration or their anger. And I feel like the rest of the world is so quick to say that white people or a black person or another race of person is racist when in reality they may be prejudiced, 
they may put out stereotypes or, or, or let their imagination wonder about stereotypes and placing those stereotypes on different people, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's racist. Racism is a strong fucking word, and that's why so many white people get mad when they are called racist. Now, some of you motherfuckers are racist and just don't know the definition, which is why a lot of white people try to say black people are racist, which I don't agree with that because we can't systematically oppress anybody. You also have a white person have the argument that, well, if you own a black business, you can hire or only black people. Well, a lot of times when black people do that, they do that because they're trying to put other people on and give positions of power or give an opportunity for work to their people because it is easier. You know, as a black person, we all know we got to work twice as hard to get half as much. But I'm not getting I don't want to get off topic. But as black people, we have to see the other perspective. We have to see that some white people are struggling, too. And it ain't just poor white trash, as Charlemagne the guy would say. Or it's not just trailer trash, white people that are struggling. I was in Dallas. I live in Dallas. But last year, I was in Uptown, part of Dallas. And I saw a guy driving AMG Mercedes Benz, which that's the high end. And in the back of his window with polish, white shoe polish, he put on his window, I am an SMU uh, graduate with a master's degree in business administration, and I've been unemployed for a year. Now, if you got an MBA from SMU, especially in Dallas, you should have a job. We would think that you have a job. But that right there showed me that it's more than just black people or poor people that are struggling. It's people not saying that I feel sorry for the wealthy, but any part, anybody who falls in that realm of the poor and disenfranchised at any moment in their life, I feel sorry for them because I've been in that area or in that demographic as well. And it's not a great place to be. So what I would say is just give people a chance. That's all we can do. That's all. Not to be funny. If you think about it, what are black people asking for? Give us a chance and give us opportunity to be equal. I think everybody deserved that chance, even if they really aren't deserving of it. That's my personal thought. But some of the funniest shit you've heard this week, you've heard a lot of funny people saying funny things about Trump and his hair and the color of his skin and his little hands and the piss play and all of this shit. But the funniest protest speech I've heard since all of this is the one given by Ashley Judd over the weekend. The shit was hilarious. Listen to this clip. I am a nasty woman. I'm not as nasty as a man who looks like he bathes in Cheeto dust. A man whose words are a diss track to America. Electoral college sanctioned hate speech contaminating this national anthem. I'm not as nasty as Confederate flags being tattooed across my city. Maybe the South actually is gonna rise again maybe for some it never really fell blacks are still in shackles and graves just for being black slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system in front of people who see melanin as animal skin i am not as nasty as a swastika painted on a pride flag and I didn't know devils could be resurrected, but I feel Hitler in these streets. A mustache traded for a toupee. Nazis renamed the cabinet electroconversion therapy, the new gas chamber shaming the gay out of America, turning rainbows into suicide notes. I am not as nasty as racism 
fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. <laughs> now, my funniest part of this video is I am not as nasty as a man who looks like he's bathed in Cheeto dust. I sounded like a black score, like black people were joning. And somebody will say that shit. I was like, damn, Ashley Judd got some bars on her when it comes to Jonah. But, of course, she was reading a speech um, that some woman wrote and gave her um, authorization, I guess you could say, to read that speech. That shit was hilarious. But, again, you're listening to episode 95 of The Reality Is. I'm your host, Anthony Roberts. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm thankful for the west side of Chicago and all that it's taught me. I'm glad to be back. The revolutionaries return It's never lacking action I'm back with the love of God Walking down Jackson, Chicago What's happening? Summers are electric Can you feel the essence of her residence? Finding their direction Alright, and we're back First of all, before I jump into the next topic Talking about Doug Adler I want to give a shout out to Jay-Z Who sells one-third of his title streaming services To Sprint for $200 million And still didn't give up all of his power Let me repeat that Two hundred million dollars giving up one third of his streaming service which means his service which has only been up two maybe three years is already worth 600 million fucking dollars he has exclusive sprints against the some of the exclusive uh songs and videos and artists that jay-z has um like little wayne rihanna kanye west who gets uh and Nicki minaj who gives him uh, their first mu- music uh, videos and personal videos sprint now has access to that so Excuse me. Shout out to Jay-Z. Big up to Jay-Z for being a businessman, not a business man. Yeah. If you're a Jay-Z fan, you'll get what I'm saying. So up next, man, I wanted to talk about Doug Adler, the ESPN analyst who used a reference gorilla when talking about Venus Williams this weekend. Uh, I don't I don't think it was. Um, I forgot the name of the tennis tournament, but he spoke about her in a reference and using a gorilla effect. And to me personally, it didn't bother me because being a broadcaster, you not to be funny. Sometimes you see things and what as you are commentating, you envision the things, you know, that you want to talk about. And he used gorilla, but he used gorilla. It's two different ways to spell gorilla. We know that G.O. and using a G.U.E. And I think he was using gorilla, G.U.E.R.I.L.L.A., not gorilla. G-O-R-I-L-L-A It's kind of like trying to explain nigger And nigger as a difference But He was using it as gorilla As in gorilla warfare Like she just You know she was prepared to Continue beating the shit out of her opponent Which is the way he used it But uh, Atler didn't have a chance to explain that He was quickly fired soon after And I just think Charlemagne said it on The Breakfast Club that he said white people shouldn't use anything to reference to black people or a racist slur that has been used to reference black people. Any kind of monkey, any kind of primate, any kind of um, any any one of those things, any kind of primate. But in my opinion, when you listen to the clip and I listened to the clip, I didn't find it that way, because when you're talking about tennis, when you speak of a gorilla, I know he means an aggressive attacking way which is what guerrilla warfare is. And I think that's the way he said that he was trying to use that term. And the reason I'm even talking about this is because people are getting fired for this shit. 
I don't think that the, the, the thing is to lose the job when you're referencing things like this. Now, if he was like Don Imus a couple years ago when he referenced to the Rutgers uh, women's basketball team and said these nappy-headed hoes, that's fucking different. It's fucking obvious this motherfucker is either prejudiced, racist, racist, stereotypical, whatever the case may be. He Don Imus deserved to be fired, but... I, in my personal opinion, don't think Doug Atler deserved to be fired. You can uh, engage in your opinion and you can talk about it. And if you want, hit us up at info at the reality is and let us know your opinion. Leave us an audio message. Leave us a email and let us know what your thoughts are. But I'm going to let you listen to the clip and then you tell me what you think. I just personally think that we have to quit labeling everything as racist when it comes to white people and other people who are not or don't have melanin in their skin because this is just, we're so hypersensitive right now. You can't say anything or do anything without somebody wanting to be a fucking protester or someone who wants to be civilly and civil and civilly engaged. I don't even know if that's a fucking word, but the point of the matter is people are taking things too serious and some things that aren't even as serious as they should be looked at or being taken out of context. And I tell black people this all the time. We want to see justice for people who are doing black people wrong. Yes, we do. But some of the shit we're doing, we're doing some of the same shit that white people are doing. What do I mean by that? When uh, when Obama was in, in, in president, when he was the president, president and was in office, a lot of white people called him a monkey. They talked about him smoking cigarettes. They talked about him not being um, he was an alien to the United States. He's not from here. He's not 100 percent black. He's not 100 percent white. Where does he fit in? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now you have a lot of black people talking about Trump and his hands and his hair and his skin tone. And like I say, the shit is funny. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm biased. I'm right in the middle. I'm liberal. But I tell black people all the time, be fucking careful what you say, what you put on social media, because your ass can get fired, too. If white people can get fired from a job, don't think for one goddamn second your black ass will not get fired for saying some things that you actually feel or think that are that are not necessarily true. It's funny because you'll tell that to a black person and they'll get mad or they'll question your blackness. No, motherfucker, it's about being fair and right. If you're doing some of the same shit that white people did to Barack Obama or you're saying some of the same things that white people say about black people, what makes you any better? Is that shit right? And you'll have some people who believe in the Bible who will be doing the same shit, black and white. We believe in Christianity, air quotes. And we're a Christian, air quotes, but we do some of the same shit to each other that we don't like being done to us. But I'm getting off topic again. I'm going to let you hear the clip from Doug Adler and you tell me what your thoughts are. And we'll go on to the next topic again. You're listening to The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct and we'll be right back. She misses a first serve and Venus is all over her. And you'll see Venus move in and put the gorilla effect on charging now after hearing that i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people are going to say this motherfucker says she put the gorilla effect on and then he charged her i thought the same thing when i first heard it but then i thought to myself if i said this but i meant something else and my words just didn't come out right with my thoughts would i want somebody my manager my supervisor to give me an opportunity to explain myself and even if i used it and they still deemed that it was an incorrect way or I spoke out of pocket when referencing a human being to an animal. Even if they didn't see what I saw for me to say those things, if I was Doug Adler, suspend my ass with no fucking pay for a week. 
Now, unless you in the top 1%, a week without pay going to hurt a motherfucker. You cut my check in short and, and cut my check in half. The car going, I'm going to be robbing Peter to pay Paul. The car note may not get paid. The rent going to be fucked. I may have to sell drugs to get some. You put a person in a bind when you take money and their resources away from them. These are the things that our leaders in the black community have been trying to teach for forever. Don't kill and fight unless you have to fight back. Hit a motherfucker in their pocket and believe you me, they will adhere to the rules and guidelines that you have put in place. So normally when I do solo podcasts, I always try to engage with the listeners who listen to the podcast and people who have an opinion um, on social media. Today, as you can tell, I don't have a guest. I may have a guest later on calling in, um, but I'm still working on that right now. But I wanted to let you hear some listener responses to the reality is and some things that we've talked about previously when in reference to Trump and um, racism and race relations in America. You're going to hear a couple of our listeners uh, thoughts on that. And I want to say, first of all, I appreciate everybody who continues to listen to the reality is podcast, who emails us, who engages with us on social media and who has re- and, and the people who have respect enough to listen and agree and to listen and listen and agree to disagree to certain things that we talk about. This podcast is more so about getting your opinions and your thoughts out, not to say we're not here to say you're right or you're wrong, but to actually have a conversation about societal issues, whether it's relationships, politics, religion, and be able to create a safe place for people to agree to disagree, maybe even get angry, but still agree to disagree and walk away respecting that person. So I'm going to let you listen to a couple of clips of people who are talking about uh, Trump and race and how can we change that as a whole. Hey, the reality is, um, so you talked about identifying racism, um, so question for you about, um, what the left does is they're always looking for perpetrators of various things, and, um, it seems more and more extreme, um, you know, they find fascism and everything racism and many things um and I'm curious your thoughts about that um cause like you know we're so far removed from certain types of fascism racism, sexism at least here in the US um we're fairly removed from it being so commonplace that seems like I have to try harder and harder to go find it political persuasions or social persuasions etc um seems like everyone's always looking for that slippery slope but what if the dew falls on the hill almost every night (laughs) there's always going to be some slipperiness um if we look hard enough um, so I'm just curious on your thoughts about this topic. Uh, I actually do want to, to, to hear your, um, thoughtful remarks. Thanks. You know, this was the first inauguration that I remember watching, actually. 
I believe I watched it for about a minute, minute and a half, probably, then I turned it off, because I don't really care to watch stuff like that. And I do know that there were a lot of people protesting in malls and other places because they don't really like what has happened. But all I can really say is that I hope that things are going to go in a satisfying direction for everybody throughout Donald's term as president. We just have to kind of think positive. I appreciate everybody who emailed us and sent us a audio message. I want to say to Brad Ferguson, who talked about uh, race relations in his uh, comments or his audio message about what can we do or what are my thoughts on what we can do to help relation, race relations um, on our end. And I definitely think it's it's a thing in, in Dallas. It's kind of like a symposium. And my girlfriend always tells me about it. And they hold it every year on the weekend of Martin Luther King's birthday. And it's basically a Dallas dinner table where you basically sign up and you put your name, you know, you sign up through an email and basically they take all of these people and they find a place where everybody can go talk and they create a setup. Like they'll have a table of five people. It may be a Hispanic man, a white woman, a black man or a couple black man and a woman. And basically it's people from different walks of life, different demographics, different cultural backgrounds. And they have them sit down and they pose a question to each table and everybody has to write their response down. And then they discuss it amongst themselves at their table. And I think the conversation, we have to learn to be intentional with the conversations that we're looking to have and look to change the narrative within ourselves for everybody, not just black people, not just white people. So I think, honestly, it starts with a conversation. It starts with a conversation and then being intentional about that conversation afterwards to keep putting things in place to make something work. We have to be willing to listen and understand, not listen and then be ready to speak, but listen, understand, process what somebody just said to us and go from there. But I think the conversation will be ongoing. Um, Brad, I don't think racism will ever go away, but I think the way we fight it is to continue doing some of the things that we're doing now with the marching, peaceful protesting. And like I said, having the conversation. And also, I think we need to do research in our own history because a lot of times when I've talked to white people, they don't understand the frustration or anger of systematic oppression because it doesn't directly affect them. But then you, every now and again, you'll get a refreshing surprise or an aha moment when you talk to a white person who is socially aware or who is socially awoke about some of the injustices and things that happen for the poor and disenfranchised. And I think conversation and being intentional about the way you want to move and changing the narrative in this country is the way we can get better. It will never be fixed, but we can get better with what we're doing going forward. Again, you're listening to The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct, episode 95, and we'll be right back. There's one thing we have to do is we have to stop rating women on the basis of if we would have sex with them or not to uh, emphasize how beautiful they are. Because we have to realize, first off, you're not going to be able to bed them even if you wanted to. And secondly, that's just piggish, man. Come on, treat her like a human being. At least at first, and, and once you get her in bed, then you can treat her like an asshole. But until then, give her the dignity and respect that she deserves. I swear on every hip-hop forum, everywhere I go, that's how they judge every woman. 
oh man, I smashed her. I wouldn't pull out. That's even worse. They, they say they will have a kid with them. They don't even take care of the kids they got now. Why is that a compliment to a woman? I don't even want to hear the women's compliments for men um, when y'all talking in the beauty salons and stuff like that. It would be fun to hear, but I don't know if I'd be able to uh, have an ego afterward. But yeah, guys, we, we got to chill out. Treat women with respect. They raised you, didn't they? Didn't, didn't your mama raise you? Didn't your grandma raise you? Your auntie? Your big cousin, you, they, somebody helped you out along the way. And I know you weren't thinking, oh, mama, you look good. I fuck you. You don't say that to mama. You don't say that to mama. So treat women with dignity and respect. You don't do that to mama. You don't do that to mama. A little bit in that part of the area, the nigga sounded like Chris Rock doing his stand-up comedy. But, um... I agree with you, Dewan. Uh, it's one of the main reasons I said on a couple of podcasts a couple of episodes ago, I was like, you know what? I had to, I didn't stop watching porn, but I lowered my porn intake. Like another friend of mine said, I deleted all the Instagram hoes on my Instagram. Because what happens is you begin to program your mind to only see women as sex. Subconsciously. You That may not be in your intention to say, hey, I just want to fuck. But personally for me, when I'm watching porn or when I look at these Instagram hoes with ass and all of this shit or Instagram women, excuse me, I'm I'm only thinking about one thing. When I see a girl twerking, I'm only thinking about smashing. Maybe doggy style, maybe I'll let her ride. When I see a woman deep throating a banana or a popsicle, I'm pretty much thinking about hitting the back of her throat. I'm not thinking about what her brains are like. I ain't worried about if I hit right, if her mind is good. I'm only thinking about one thing. And when you continuously watch that subconsciously, you are laying things to bed about how you feel about women. You are solidifying your own perception of how you feel about women. I know for me, sometimes I go out to the mall and I see a woman wearing a nice pair of jeans, fitting her ass. And I'm like, shit. I ain't thinking I want to approach her. And if I do approach her, I'm thinking I want to smash. My intent is to smash. Now, is that that is that her fault or is that my fault? It could be a little bit of both, but it's more so my fault because I control my thoughts and what I see and how I view women. Now, the issue with that is because you have a lot of people who talk about misogyny and you got a lot of feminists in power and they'll wear something provocative. And a lot of them still feel like men shouldn't look at a woman that way because it is a woman's body and she could dress the way she wants to dress. The funny thing about it is some of those same people believe in that, that Bible where it talks about a man should not wear a woman's garment or a woman should not wear a man's garment or whatever quote where it states a woman should be, you know, her body is a temple type of thing. Now I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a religious person, but it's just throwing it out there to say how reckless it could be when you're marching for feminism and you're talking about misogyny, but your cleavage is showing, your midriff is showing, your ass is out. Not saying that's an issue, but that's where the controversy starts when the conversation begins. But speaking from my own personal self, I had to get rid of some of that stuff to help dilute and break up my thought process and how I see women. 
I view women as women. I know a lot of respectable women. I know a lot of great women in power. I know a lot of women in the Dallas area that are changing things, that works with the local chambers of commerces and, and, and leagues here to make things better. So I think it's also how a woman views herself and puts herself out there because the women that I just, the, the people that I just named or the positions that I named that these women are doing, I've never really viewed them in a light, a sexual light or looked at them as a sexual object. So I also think not only is it my subconscious thought and how I view things, but also the perception or the visual or how a woman looks aesthetically and what she presents and what she puts, you know, into the atmosphere with her body language, with what she wears and how she carries herself. But just speaking directly to the men, period, we have to do better on how we view our women, how we treat our women. And I'm not just talking about black women, but all women. I later want to have a conversation about interracial dating in a deep, uh, deep, deep conversation about that, because people don't understand that you have a lot of white women and white men that date black people or other people of other ethnicities and race for a fetish. And you have some black men. I can only speak for black men. I have, I've never heard black women want a white man for a fetish or just sex. I, I'm not saying it's not out there, but I haven't heard it from anyone. But I have talked to black men who really only fuck with white girls because they, as Kayla said on the last podcast, they bend their knees a little easier. They're more sexually inclined. And most black men are very, very sexually inclined. So is it taboo? Or is it a sexual match made in heaven between black men and white women? I'm looking for a panel to discuss this on a later episode. Again, to our listeners, thank you for calling in. Thank you for leaving audio messages and uh, emails. We appreciate that. For anybody else who wants to keep in contact with us, the show is almost over, but you can follow me at Anthony Roberts on Facebook, Sir Robert Poe on Instagram. The Reality Is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Anchor. Email us at info at the reality is. Keep up with all things, um, keep up to date with all things the reality is by going to our website that's ran by noartesia.com, um, my administrative consultant, by checking us out at www.thatherealityis.com. We'll be right back. Been ignoring these signs, baby. Been ignoring these signs. I'm starting to catch on now. Love me in the meantime, baby. I'm in. Crazy for not taking you serious. I guess I gotta live with it all. What I gathered, I read, you know, people for and against the march, is that it, it, what, like, so we all can say what we're against and what we stand against in terms of injustices, but this was the launch pad to, like, say what we do stand for. Yeah. And that is women being in control of their bodies, um, you know, all of the. Uh, you know, equal treatment, equal pay, and, and so forth. Um, and they didn't want to make it the subject or Donald Trump the focus because he would love to say, you know, this is about me and it's uh, the people who are the organizers behind it. And I watched that video that I guess Jermaine posted to the group. Yeah. With the three women. So uh, that's one arm. The second arm is I've been reading a lot of the people of color who attended and just said, you know, how even toxic being out there with all of the white women was. Yeah. And um, it keeps reminding me of that hashtag solidarity is for white women. Um, and just I just leave that space wondering, like, yep, we can band together and, like, vote against Trump, but it's not lost on me. It's not lost on other people that, you know, you didn't show up for police brutality. You didn't show up for... Um, 
you know, the uh, peacekeepers yeah. with the, uh, sorry, South Dakota. Yeah, 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 the pipe, yeah, the pipeline and everything, yeah. Flint, like, you know, those things, and then the question is, like, well, you know, do we want help or not? So, like, all these things come to my mind. I think visibility-wise, I think it was powerful. So, for all of the white supremacy that it might have represented to people on the ground and people who have stayed from attending, it's undeniable. Uh, The day after the president was elected, people said, hell no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you felt so. What you read, you said it, it was it the black people who felt like it was more about white women in solidarity, or was it like okay, and that's what I, and that's what I was trying to figure out. And it, Native American woman yeah. from Oklahoma who talked about how they were taking pictures of her because she was in traditional dress, like she was a novelty. Yeah, and like disregard the fact that yeah, so Latinas. Um, I've seen commentary from Latinas. Um, Native women and black women. I have not sought out or seen it from uh, women who are of Asian descent. Yeah. Or Indian, but I'm sure it's out there. But it speaks it speaks volumes because I mean I get that. Like you said, it is kind of true. It's one of those things to where they are showing up for themselves. But for whatever reason, I think it's funny or ironic. They always try to tie it in together. Like, hey, we are all together. But like you said, when you look at those crowds, it was a predominantly white crowd and like I was telling somebody the other day just like anything else I always feel like when it directly affects white people is when shit starts to hit the fan or people start recognizing or acknowledging things it's kind of like um the the heroin epidemic up in um Washington state like when it started happening and on the east coast mayors and yep. senators started it's, speaking it's out a, about the heroin epidemic exactly as opposed to it's been happening this whole time exactly as opposed to deviant yes so I, I just think it's funny. I, I was all for it. You know, it's cool to see women come out and, and and do these things. But it's crazy to, you know, to act like it's okay to see it and see it as good and people coming together. But you can't deny the other side of the spectrum that you only see white people out when it's more so of it benefiting them. Now, I can't yeah. say all white people because, you know, of course, you have to always have that yeah. asterisk to where you're like, hey, when when people march for Mike Brown and them, there were a few black people. I mean, a few white people in the crowd. And Absolutely. yes, it's it, always an exception. Yeah, it's always an exception. It's always a few. But it's one of those things that you have to go back to and say, why can't they come out like that? If they really want to yeah. fight for social injustice, why not come out for this when it's happening in the Hispanic community, in the black community, and whatever other community? Because if we're really talking about togetherness, we need those numbers at every goddamn march. But yeah. everybody keeps talking about, well, it was a lot of different groups out there, and now maybe they'll team up. So we'll see with the next big march. Will that be the number? Will those be the numbers, you know what I'm saying, that come out to support all issues for all demographic and all cultures? And sadly, we need their privilege. So what's so disgusting to me is all of these protests or gatherings that have happened with predominantly people of color. You have police in riot gear. You have hostile treatment from society. You know, just you're ungrateful. You need to leave, blah, blah, blah. And no police were in riot gear. Police and other, uh, you know, first responders were out there. They had mace at best. Yeah, yeah. But there was... Like, it's just night and day. Yeah. Because they're not going to hurt, you know, white women. Yeah. And I, it's like a tension within me because one thing that I've grown increasingly uh, sensitive to is this idea that we're asking the white supremacy or the white um, 
majority for, you know, to treat us as human beings, but for asking for things that are granted at birth. Like, actually, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to treat me like a human being because that's one and I have a human being. Yeah. So, like, this position of, and I'm speaking in the black community period, like, us asking for equality versus, like, taking it. And, yeah. um, this, that was, I just walked into that Black Panther top 10. I've been trying to examine and I'm sliding all over the place here. In the Trump administration, will self-reliance and black resiliency like resurface in a way that we saw in the 40s, yeah. 50s, and 30s, and 20s? Um, and we quit relying on authority to do for us what we potentially can do for ourselves. It requires teamwork, it requires selflessness, and it requires us getting to know people outside of our social circles. Yeah. But that, um, that's what I've been thinking about for your second question about trap. I, I honestly, I, I just stopped caring about it. Like, it doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't affect me, but it doesn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I mean it, it, it doesn't bother me because I feel like I'm still going to fight or try to do the things that I need to do to help change the community that I'm in. But in reference to it, like, at the end of the day, you still got to get up and you still got to work. People keep saying, give Trump a chance, but we have no choice but to give him a chance. You know what I'm saying? He's the president now. issue again fake no it's okay if he crying man it add authenticity to the podcast oh he won (laughs) but i don't like the fake news because it's one of those things again where it's like now that donald trump is calling it fake news and people in his campaign are calling it fake news but it's like hasn't it been fake news the whole time because the way they report on black issues in black society and black culture is not always accurate which accurate which is why we always talk about changing the narrative you know what i'm saying Right. It's been fake right. news. It's been fake news against us, but like a, like we always say, it doesn't become an issue to where until fake news happens to white people or heroin happens to white people or people are not giving white right. people a chance, and then it's an issue. Right. Uh, yeah. I think about the social agenda or media theory where blacks are bad, whites are good, and that's what is told through the news versus yeah. a Trump who is saying truth is fake. Yeah. And that's a problem. True. Very true. <laughs> that's a problem versus, um, yeah, everybody has their agenda that they're pushing, but he's trying to make people believe that truth is a lie. Yeah. Wow. Some people are, I guess, not doing due diligence. I don't want to see the truth. I had a, my dad, he was like, Trump has done more in the last 10 days than federal government 
that's crazy. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Versus the like hypocrisy of President Obama, you know, he didn't even make as many executive orders as Bill Clinton or George Bush. Yeah. But you know, anyway, you know, I guess you can tell what I'm talking about. Hey, no, I definitely but, understand. You said the people who are unapologetically for Donald Trump. I lost you a little bit. You said people who are unapologetically for Donald Trump. You said they what? Don't actually want to see the truth. Oh, that's true. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, like, it's like, why bother? Because I tell people all the time with black women, we're taught with black women, you're taught not to do this. Don't do that. You know, and, and we're taught the Bible. And like you said, the church sometimes dictates what is done in a marriage or in a relationship. And you'll have a lot of black women. It's the first thing they'll say about white women is all oh, white women. They hoes or they easy. And it's like, no, motherfucker. Somebody taught them how to take care of their man. They taught them it's okay to bend your motherfucking knees. They taught them it's okay to swallow. They taught them it's okay to wash some dishes. Your place is not in the kitchen. But just like a man needs to be domesticated and submissive at some points, a woman needs to be as well. And people can bullshit about how sex can break a relationship up or, you know, not to be funny, be like, oh, if a man cheat, he just, no, motherfucker, are you doing what you need to do at right. home to keep this man or this woman in line? Right. Sex. If you won't do it, don't go to somebody else. And this is what it you never th- fail. And, and this is my experience with black women. And this is a part that I am recording just to let you know. And it'll okay. be like a snippet at the end. But this is my thought with black women. When you put black women and white women together, with my experience with black women, if you get in the head, it's no swallowing. With a white woman, if you get head, it's always swallowing. You ain't gotta ask a goddamn thing, it's done. If you were a white woman and you had if you were a black woman and you having sex, even if you wanted to try anal or something crazy, it's a questionnaire of what you want to do and why, or it, it's automatically no. With a white woman, it's yeah, we'll try it. And if she doesn't like it after the fact, then you just don't try it again. For a submissiveness right. with white women, from my experience, it's been automatic. With black women, like you said, sometimes they end up acting like their mothers or whatever the case may be. And it's like they don't even know why they're doing the things. They just justify because it was their upbringing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But we have to be willing to change see that i do see that and i guess it's just a question of what conversations are we having yeah. i was thinking back i was talking to my mom i was like you know you just took for granted which i was like the do-gooder child yeah you know you just assume because i did good like i wasn't curious about sex or yeah. things like that versus like it's okay to sexually educate your child doesn't mean they're gonna go out and bone everybody in the exactly. pool, but 
passing down, you know, healthy practices and uh, lessons learned, I think, is a one step in the the right direction, yeah. in my opinion. Even that's that's one thing versus don't talk about it. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get your behind. Like, yeah. A yeah. culture of fear is what myself and a lot of my friends yeah. grew up with when it came to sex. And the funny so, thing that I, I think. Yeah, the funny thing that I see too is I see a lot of what I'll see is I'll see a lot of black women watching movies about things happening in relationships, whether it's cheating, like take uh, Carrie Washington from Scandal, and okay. not not even that he's a white man, but the fact that she's sleeping with a married man, you'll see black women like literally champion her in that position. You know what I'm saying? And be like, yes, mm-hmm. they love each other. They care about each other. It's real. Fuck that. Fuck. Uh, what's what's uh, Fitch's uh, wife's name on there? Millie. 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 Like, fuck <laughs> Millie. Like, they don't even belong together. That goes back to some things that I've thought about and talked about to where it's like, when you're in a relationship that may not be feasible for you, do you leave? Like, in T- I mean, in TV says it's okay to cheat. And then you'll have people right. that say, just leave. But it's like, like I've said, and like we've talked about in prior conversations, you don't want to hurt somebody. Even if you know that you want to be gone or you would like to experience other things and maybe keep something else here, like real life makes that shit complicated. Yeah, real life, your belief system, you believe in divorce. Yes. You know, kids, my biggest deal, aside from like wanting to be in it till the end, is like, I don't trust men who did not fire a child around my child. Yeah. And that's, like, not fair because I know lots of great stepfathers out there, but, like, aside from just the person, it's more, it's, I think it's, it's, it's hitting on a good thing. Yeah. It's all these external factors about perception. You know, a lot of people say a, a woman won't leave plan A until she has a plan B and C. Um, things have to be worked out. Yeah. And I think people will just languish and I'm having it for a while. Yo, man, for real, I appreciate everybody for listening to episode 95 of the Reality Is Podcast. I want to thank Dewan. I want to thank Frank. And I want to thank Brad for the audio messages. I want to thank Ashley for calling in and giving me an opportunity to chop it up with her and get uh, her perspective on the Women's March from a woman's perspective. I just want to say this concludes the micro version of episode 95 of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. I am and always will be your host, Anthony Robertson. Always remember, NL Courage to Excel Success. Be blessed. Coming live from the south side. You ain't his no more bout time. Talk to talk, but I'm bout mine. Huh? Got a lot of class. Whole lot of ass. I don't care if y'all hoes get mad. Just don't get in the way. Every day, girl, you know I got a brand. Yeah. My bitch in tough top shape. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Thank you.
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your face. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.